The Ghost of the Silmarons K.S. Ghost World, Book 1 Chapter 1 Black Forest, Germany, March 1962 Mauro came in contact with the Ghost World when he was just 15 years old. It all started when his grandfather Louis sent him up to an attic of an old shack to look for forgotten tools. Every tool they found they would take with them. When I say they, I'm referring to the boys of the Clam family, which included Mauro's cousins Toby, Sippy and Leo, his Italian grandfather from his mother's side and of course, the only child, Mauro. In the 60s, these kind of jobs were common. Little house clearances and demolition work were a necessary way to make some extra money for the family. The two old houses and the shack, which had not been occupied for almost a year, were situated in the Black Forest, around 40 kilometers away from the hometown Hirsau, close to Stuttgart. The family of the deceased woman had finally decided that it was time to clear out everything. Despite searching for a while, the slim and tall boy hadn't found any tools under the roof, but as Mauro crawled around through some narrow areas in the back of the shed, while tossing aside handfuls of hay, something shiny caught his eye. As the boy picked up the sparkling thing, he realized it was a silver, finely crafted and nicely ornamented pocket watch. As he pushed the button on the top, the cover of the watch snapped open and revealed the watch face. Well, that's what the boy thought he would find, but there was in fact no watch face and no dials to be seen, only a smooth, whitish, wax-like surface. Stunned, he shook his head. In the meantime, Mauro's grandfather was getting impatient and shouting at him, starting to get on the boy's nerves. Mauro, hurry, where are you? So the boy quickly put the thing in his pocket and climbed down. No tools, he said bleakly to his perpetually grumpy grandfather and kept the watch for himself. Other than that, the clearance of the houses went without any problems or peculiarities. Just the moment when he found the watch, he would remember for the rest of his life. In the beginning, it was not like the watch was something special for the kid. Honestly, he just thought he could sell the thing for the material. He guessed it was silver, but because there was no real clock inside, he figured it was useless anyway. It was only on Sunday, the day when the boy would usually wash his work pants in the basement, that he finally took it out of his pocket and brought it to his room. He tossed it without much thought onto his desk and starting that night, a ghost started visiting. The first time Mauro became aware of the ghost was the night the cats started fighting. You know when two stray cats meet at night and start hissing at each other, sounding like little demons, screaming and howling in rage? Well, just as the fight broke out in front of the boys' window and the cats started ripping each other apart, Mauro woke up and saw a figure sitting on a chair in front of him. Not a real figure, just a somewhat transparent outlines made only out of white fog, with two big slightly glowing eyeballs providing enough light to give counters to its face. Not too much, however, just enough that he could tell it was a skinny, human face. The figure sat at the table wearing a cowl and the ghostly fog that was being emitted got thinner the closer to the ground the fog drifted. It looked like the ghost was contemplating something and a distinct sadness was radiating from him. His elbow was propped up on the table and his head was tilted looking at something, much like Rodin's famous Thinker statue sitting on a rock. At the time, Mauro didn't make the connection that the figure was looking right at the pocket watch, 
and the word ghost most definitely didn't come to his mind at all. Suddenly, in the blink of an eye, the ghost was gone, and the boy turned around half asleep to face the window, trying to figure out where all the noise was coming from. To him, this brief encounter was just an episode of reality and the dream world merging together, trying to trick him into seeing something that was not there. Eventually, as he cursed at the cats, his head fell back onto his pillow, and he almost forgot about the whole thing. A few more weeks passed before the boy decided to bring the watch to a jeweler. But before doing so, Mauro wanted to check out to see whether the watch was made out of real silver. Before bedtime, he opened it again and tried to see if there was some kind of inscription indicating the material, but there was nothing. The ornamentation on the cover was, however, quite nice the boy found. There were many semicircles woven into each other and in the middle was a hole in the shape of a moon. But what still puzzled him was the mostly smooth wax on the inside. Why would someone pour wax inside a pocket watch, he thought. He took his thumb and jammed his nail into it, breaking the surface and leaving a deep imprint. Yep, that's wax, he concluded. Weird. Eventually Mauro put the watch back on the table and got ready for bed. As the boy woke up in the middle of the night and turned in his bed, however, his glance shifted to something glowing on the table across the room. Wow, what is that? He got out of bed and moved closer to it. The closer he got, the slower the kid moved, as not to chase it away. Almost in disbelief, he looked at the open watch, which was revealing a watch face made out of fog, floating about two centimeters above the white, waxy surface. As he moved his head closer and closer, he could see how the slightly glowing wax was emitting the ghost fog. The further up the ghost fog rose, the more symbols started dancing and the bigger everything got. Most symbols were floating upwards almost to the ceiling, getting thinner, until they disappeared, but some of them just stayed in the same place. Mauro could see the dials that were erratically moving backwards and forwards, locking in on a time and a date, and then switching again. Man, that's a ghost watch, Mauro whispered to himself. Suddenly, there was a very deep voice that responded, speaking softly like the wind. It's not just a watch, child. It is a lot more. Unfortunately, as Mauro turned around in shock, the ghost had vanished once again, and only the finest hint of white ghostly fog was still floating but quickly dissolving. Hello? Hello? Mauro respectfully said to the creature trying to gain his attention. After trying for a few minutes, however, he gave up. There was no reply that night, and so the boy turned back to the ghost watch and continued to spend the better part of the night just watching it in bed. The ghost watch instantly became Mauro's most prized possession. The next day he took it with him everywhere he went. Mauro sometimes just watched it in amazement, knowing that he had something special that no one else had. That's when he saw that the wax was smooth again. That surprised the boy. Just last night he had jammed his nail into the wax and it had made a deep imprint. So the boy assumed that the wax must have changed its consistency at night while emitting the ghost fog. And Mauro figured that this was something he could test out. The ghost, however, did not appear for a few more days. In the meantime, however, Mauro had already figured out a couple of things by himself. 
Firstly, the watch never just opened by itself at night and started working. It only worked when he opened the cover. This activated the watch and the wax could then start glowing slightly, causing the ghost fog to be emitted, which then produced the ghost dials, watch face and the symbols. Mauro also found that the well-known term ghost hour was not very accurate. Most days the ghost watch started up at 12 pm even close to 1 am, however ghost hour lasted way longer than just one hour. He found it actually lasted until sunrise and even a few minutes into the day. That's when the ghost fog of the watch slowly began to fade away and disappear, and the wax stopped glowing. The next thing that he noticed was the connection to the moon. The fuller the moon, the more symbols that appeared. It's like the watch had a lot more to say, a lot more to communicate during a full moon. A few weeks had passed since the ghost incident and Mauro decided he wanted to test the consistency of the wax one night. He had gotten a spoon from the kitchen and was ready to poke at the wax, or even scoop a teaspoon full of wax out of it at ghost hour. But first he carefully went through the ghost fog with his fingers. This he had done often already and it was a weird sensation. The ghost fog was definitely thicker than real fog, unlike normal fog where you just go through it and the particles simply move without resistance in any direction. Mauro could feel or sense that he was ripping something apart that wanted to stay together. The ghost fog was different, it moved around his fingers but it didn't want to and so, as soon as the boy stopped bothering it, it would quickly move back to the same position it was previously in. Also Mauro felt it was somehow wrong to play with the ghost fog. He felt that the ghost fog was kind of alive, had a soul and demanded some respect. He did however already have the spoon ready for the experiment and wanted to go ahead, but he hesitated. Every time he got closer to the watch with the spoon, the more nervous he got. His heart was beating faster and he noticed his hand started shaking. Of course the boy didn't want to damage his precious ghost watch. Should I do it? Mauro whispered to himself. And suddenly a deep voice answered, No, you should not, child. In the middle of the room was the ghost floating again and watching Mauro closely, having contemplated for the last few minutes whether to interrupt. You might break my moon dial. Were the calm words coming from the creature. The words in a sense were flowing over to the boy, reverberating inside the room, but still not quite like an echo. The deep, deep sound was unearthly and strong and Mauro felt the respect the ghost demanded from him. Okay, uh, I won't then, sorry, he answered nervously, like a child caught doing something naughty. Good, the ghost replied and took the lead in the conversation. This is my moon dial, and I beg you to be careful with it. Mauro nodded and looked back at it, appreciating it even more. It is called moon dial? What does it do? Mauro was about to ask, but the ghost interrupted him after the first sentence and said with the authority an adult has over a child. I have been watching you, boy. The ghost looked Mauro straight in the eyes for a few seconds. His unblinking, piercing, white eyeballs became almost hypnotic for Mauro, and so the boy broke eye contact while shivers ran down his spine. So far this whole situation with the ghost watch had been fairly exciting for him, but now he was feeling scared. Fortunately, the ancient ghost noticed the fear creeping in 
and immediately turned away from the boy to give him some space. The last thing the ghost wanted at that moment was to scare the kid. So he floated to the window with his hands behind his back, started looking outside for quite some time and Mauro's stress level slowly started to decrease. Then the ghost added, breaking the silence, You have been very curious about my moon dial, haven't you? The ghost asked a rhetorical question and in his mind Mauro answered, yes. But then the ghost finished by saying something Mauro didn't expect. I'm afraid I need your help, boy.